Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. Thanks for taking the time and coming out and being part of this ministry and allowing us to share with you today. And and we just pray that God would bless you so many times over. So with me always, my friend, Stephanie Wesco. Stephanie, good morning to you. Good morning, Doug. It's good to be with you today. Same here. Praise God. So we're we're just going to hop into it, folks. It it seems like, you know, we get busy. It seems like if we move faster, it goes by faster. But anyway, it's still the same amount of time. We want to talk about that word honesty. And, you know, the root of that word honest is honorable. You know, when somebody uh, does well in the military, they get an honorable discharge. You know, and then the next level, when they yes. don't do all that well and they're goofy and they lied, whatever, they might get a general under honorable conditions. But then after that, it might just be general. And then after that, it'll be dishonorable. So honesty is really being honorable. It's, it's truth. It's, it's a different level. It's saying the right thing, doing the right thing, you know. And better is the poor yeah. that walketh in integrity than he that is perverse with his lips and is a fool. I mean, that verse comes to my mind. Uh, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Honesty is a pretty important thing, Stephanie. It's a, it's yeah. one of those. I mean, if if there's a character that a child of God, that a Christian, that somebody who loves the Lord and stands upright, if there's one character that should exude from us, be part of us, come out of our essence, be all that we are, it better be honesty. And yeah. uh, uh, so, what are you thinking about the word honesty, Stephanie? Well, quite honestly, when I think of the word honesty, um, I think of the fact that we live in a culture which promotes a fake, a fake image, a false front, so to speak, um, where it's like, you know, the old houses that used to have um, the hidden tunnels and the secret compartments and all that cool stuff, you know, that's in the movies. Well, we've created a culture where people have lives that are filled with secret tunnels and secret component components where there's literally, you know, what did you say the other day that there's the closets, um, there's more skeletons in the closet, in the closet than the closet can hold kind of a thing. Yeah. I said, um, there's more skeletons in the closet than in the graveyard and that guy's yeah, closet talking about said. an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and we live in a culture even, in, and this is sickening to me, but in our Christian world for the sake of quote, and this is blasphemous for the sake of the cause of Christ. Doesn't that sound spiritual? We hide sin. We cover sin. We hide vile perverseness for the cause of Christ. No, that is not honesty. God is a God of honesty. He is a God where what you see is what you get. God has clearly told us who he is in his word. He clearly conveys 
what he thinks about things to us, what he, what he holds, you know, God created truth. So what truth is God conveys it to us. And then we twist it and come up with our own letter versions of honesty. And this has been hammering hard on me throughout this last week, Mm -hmm. as I have been put in a position where do I be honest? Do I really be honest? Because sometimes honesty hurts. It does. Sometimes it means for, it means a victim coming forward and saying, this happened to me and I've been afraid to say anything. Honesty hurts sometimes, but there is so much freedom that comes with honesty. And God is continuing to teach me that even though it may hurt to be honest, I would much rather be in the place of having pain because I've chosen to be honest than to have guilt and shame and judgment from God for being dishonest and from living that life of a lie. And so this is a very important subject, especially when you're dealing with situations that involve abuse and trauma. Being honest is vital. If you have been abused, if you have been through something that you have hidden to try to protect yourself, protect other people, take that step of courage to step up and be honest because you have no idea how many other victims there may be whose lives are hurting just as bad as yours. And you may be the one God would use like he used Esther who chose to be honest, who chose to be courageous because guess what? Being honest often means you're extremely courageous. And so taking that step, it's huge. And if anyone ever, ever, ever tells you to be dishonest, to cover for them, first of all, call them out on the carpet for who they are and then get away from them as fast as you can because that person is most likely hiding way more than you can even begin to comprehend. And at so many levels of what we've covered in the last week or so, last week and a half, uh, at so many levels, it goes back to honesty. Again, talking about, yeah. you, you, you know, the right person to have a friendship with, the right person to have a relationship that leads to marriage and that one person physical relationship, the right person to, uh, you know, to do things in your life that fit into different categories. Honesty is a driving force on all that. And that's why, Mm -hmm. and you know, that's why we go about doing things the way we do them is, you know, that's why we as Christians caught people. That's why we as Christians, you know, have patience and take our time and get to know people. And that's why we as Christians do those kind of things. And I think we're going to see that. And we, I think we want to hop right into the next verse because I think it talks about that right here in the eighth, uh, the 22nd proverb in the 2222 in the 22nd verse. It says, rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. And there's so much going on here. Again, we hear, you know, don't take from people. Don't have these scams, these deals. Uh, you know, don't have these people think and then rob money from them and then do nothing. And at the gate has got this financial, uh, feeling to it. You know, if you look it up, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> and so, you know, it's lacking financial resources. So you go to the group of people that are lacking financial resources and you try to lure them on, rip it off. We see it all the time with these different warranties. You know, we get car warranty cars and cars we don't even own. And, you know, we're going to take care of you. We're going to pay for everything. So you give us 150 bucks a month and we're going to give you a car warranty and you won't have to pay for anything except $500 deductible and everything else, you know, that's it. And it's just, so we see this world today 
today that looks to rob the poor, that looks to prey on those people who are hurting. Um, and, and, and God's not about that. God is about taking care of the people who lack financial resources. God is about uh, taking care of the poor, even though they may have moral fallings or, you know, moral uh, failings or foolish behavior and things like that to get to the place of being poor, we still have a responsibility in God to help them out in these get rich quick scams. These, uh, the poor, we pray on the poor with lotteries. We pray on the poor with gambling. We pray on the poor with uh, <clears throat> multi-level marketing campaigns. We, we pray on the poor through all those things. And we, we don't think about it, but we do. I mean, you go to any casino in the world, Stephanie, and the people looking to make it rich and makes that next step. Other people are driving up in cars that can barely run. And uh, we yeah. pray on them. And God said, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're honest. We're, we're above board. That word honesty worked out well. I mean, what are you thinking about this whole uh, praying on the poor and robbing the poor? I think it makes me sick to my stomach um, because of the fact that when Jesus came, he came to minister to the poor. He came to bind up the wounds of those that are hurting. Yeah. He came to make a diff, you know, because the poor already know they're at rock bottom. They know they're there. Yeah. And when, when someone goes after the poor and, and I don't mean just robbing them of money, but it seems like, it seems like there's a group of evil people that take delight in, in robbing those that are poor in spirit from Robert, robbing those who are meek from those who, who mean extra to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And not that everybody means something, but those that are walking with him that, you know, there, there are rich people in the world that love the Lord Jesus. I get that. Yeah. But there's a lot of poor ones. And why, why are the creeps always attracted to taking advantage of that? I will never understand. But Solomon makes a very firm statement here that if you're going after that person, because you know, you can take advantage of him because he is poor. Or you can oppress those who are already messed up. You know, when I think of the uh, the second part of that verse is neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. And in that time and day and age, you know, those that were crippled or those that were hurting, they would lay at the gate. They would cry out for alms. They would have their little bowl and they would be begging people to give them money so that they could survive. They could buy food. They could do whatever. Yeah. Do whatever they needed to do to just survive. And to think that there would be creeps that would take advantage of that, that would abuse those They're people. They're there. Yeah. Yeah. And people do that kind of stuff today. And understand if you're in a role where you're abusing, you know, in our day, we have people who are truly afflicted, those who are truly hurting. And if you abuse them, you know, I think of scammers that take advantage of old people and all these kinds of things. Watch out because God makes it very clear. He takes that seriously in verse 23. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to get to 23 because it really does go along with 22. We'll get to that after the commercial and uh, but the commercial break. But listen, folks, uh, a lot of you listen to me maybe into that category of being poor. Be careful. You know, there's, there's no shortcut to success. It's 
hard work, loving the Lord, uh, doing what God has for you, you know, moving up, saving your money. And uh, it, that's how God takes care of us. So we're going to write back. We're going to go ahead and hop in verse 23 that I think goes hand in hand with 22. But for right now, let us go over and turn this over to your stations. And we'll make sure we're right back with you. Hang with us. Well, thanks for hanging with us. Here we are, Proverbs 22 and verse number 23. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. And so uh, the Lord will plead their cause. There's no one better to plead your cause. He's going to plead the cause of the poor. He's uh, he's our defender. He's the defender of the poor. He will... Uh, and he will plunder their soul. He will get rid of that. He, he's going to hurt those that do this. Uh, it says, spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. And uh, wow. So you better be mm. careful. Yeah, these people are out there. You know, God knows them. He sees us. We talked about that a couple podcasts ago. And he sees those that are out there trying these, you know, pray the poor. And I believe these casino owners, Stephanie, I'm telling you, I was amazed years ago. We, Debbie and I moved from Connecticut when, when I went back on active duty in the army, uh, I was married and we had just been married and we, our first duty station was in Indiana. It was in Fort uh, Benjamin Harrison in Indianapolis, Indiana, right on the East side there. And, uh, right there by Carmel. Um, uh, and I, I think that you know, one of the things I learned and, and boy, we, you know, when we first got married and, and stuff like that, um, I mean, the only thing we had in common was being broke, you know, and having to find our <laughs> way through and learn things. And, um, and you know, but you start off, that's the way you start off the life. It's the way you and Charles started off your lives. It's the way that a lot of people start off their lives. You know, uh, of course, some people who get married later in life or maybe a, a widow like you or widowers and stuff like that, maybe in a different place, but it seems like everybody starts off their life just, you know, poor. And, uh, and, and God says, you know what? You're not going to do this. I'm going to protect these folks. I'm going to make a difference with these folks. I've got their back and, uh, I got their back. I remember there were times when mm. we first got married. You probably remember the same thing. I remember eating macaroni and cheese two or three nights a week. And I remember a lot of those things. Sometimes I look back, I can't believe what God has done in our lives. And, uh, and, and in so many people life I know, but there's no get rich type of thing. There's nothing that works that way. There's everything we do. But we, I remember coming from Connecticut was a story I was getting to. And I talk in circles because the old ADHD and OCD and the DUMB. But anyway, in <laughs> Connecticut, they built what I think now is the largest casino in the United States. Uh, so they, they have the Mohegan tribe has a a casino there. There's a couple casinos. There's one in Montville, Connecticut, you know, New London, Norwich area. And there's one very close to where Debbie grew up. And the one where Debbie grew up, like in Preston, Connecticut, in that area. Uh, I think, I think it's the Pequot. I'm not sure of the Indian tribe, but we went there a few times, you know, it was before we had got saved and stuff, but we went there cause it was always this deal where you could get a full steak dinner for like four bucks when everybody else charged 10 or 12 and boy, you'd see, you know, the cars in the parking lots were not Cadillacs, Stephanie. The cars in the parking lot were old beaters and stuff. They were praying on, hey, here's a chance for you to get rich. 
And uh, it's just not going to happen. I've known people who totally ruined their lives. I was in the, in the army with a guy who bet so much at the dog track and stuff. He, had, he was a 30-something-year-old man, had to live in the barracks as a single soldier. His wife left him, and he had shoe boxes full of receipts in case he ever hit it rich so he could claim it on his taxes. Just his yearly receipts. Oh, my word. But listen, folks, for the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoil them. I think we can fit 24 in here, too. Make no friendship with an angry man. <laughs> And with a furious man, thou shall not go. So again, make no friendship here. It's uh, I don't know about you, but angry people kind of freak me out, especially these people fly off the handle. I know you've probably known some, I, you've mentioned you've known some people like that. They were, oh uh, yeah, through marriage, you were related to one guy. I guess it was a real, well, you're related to a lot of knuckleheads from I what I can see. I say multiple ones that anger issues, but yeah. yeah. But there's no friendship in that. There can't be. Nope. Because you're going to learn his ways. It's going to become part of you, huh? With with a furious man, though shall not go. So, you know, if you hang out, if you make a friendship, it's going to become part of who you are. When you hang around with an angry person, you're going to be angry. They, you know, you become like each other. Friends become like each other, you know, and and living proof of this is Stephanie with all the knucklehead words and stuff she uses now. She never used those words before. And, 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 uh, and, and she came out of, she was even a little bit shy when I first met her, you know, and she's popped up because she's hanging around with me, but I'm not an angry guy. I'm the opposite no, of that. Anything you know? but angry. <laughs> I'm the guy. I mean, Emmy and I went looking for tacos the whole other day driving through Chicago, you know, and <laughs> Debbie was complicit trying to help us. We we ended up having to get noodles because Emmy likes noodles from something or another. Uh, Panda Express. Panda Express. I can't eat Chinese food. But anyway, she said, Uncle Doug, I can't remember the last time I had noodles from Panda. So we're, we'll keep on looking at these rest areas. No Taco Bell. No Taco Bell. No, t- There's Taco Bells in every rest area going north, but not south. And so we're going south. Finally, we find this Pinder Express, and you can see the smile coming on her face because I said, Emmy, I need to stop. I'm an old dude, man. i got to use the bathroom. We're, we're three hours into this trip, and I haven't used the bathroom yet. <laughs> And uh, she's like, okay, but there's no Taco Bell, so we're going to have to keep on going, Uncle Doug, okay? <laughs> and then we pull up, and we see the Panda Express sign, and she's like, and she got that look on her face where her eyes yep. get real big. Yep. And she says, Uncle Doug, I can't remember the last time I had noodles and chicken from Panda Express. I said, <laughs> you, I said, you know what, Emmy? When Aunt Debbie and I and you and your brother Hudson over here get done using the restroom, <laughs> You're going to remember what it's like to eat Panda Express noodles and chicken because you're going to have a plate of it. Praise God. And, uh, and I, you know, but I'm not an angry man. The angry man was, ah, be quiet. Emmy. you can have a, yeah. you can have a 99 cent cheeseburger. Emmy knows she's not getting that from me, man. And, uh, uh, but it is easy, Stephanie, if we think of those angry people, you know what? I hate to use this expression because I use it all the time. But birds of the feather do flock together. And if yeah. even if you're not angry, you hang around with an angry person long enough, you're going to become like them. Yeah. So talk to us about angry people, Stephanie, and what they did to your life. Anger anger is destructive on a volcanic level. Yeah, it's in the um, bosom of fools, yeah. When we when we think of the dis, you know, when that lava comes up and it just spews out, that's what anger is. And um I've I've been the recipient. I've been on the reciprocating end, reciprocal, whatever the word is. You know, when you're functioning on two yeah. hours of sleep. You've received them. Your yeah. words start mumbling. I'm at three, <laughs> so I'm just a little better. Yeah. Um, but when you're on the receiving end, 
of anger, it it's detrimental. And what I've learned about angry people is they often they often want believe that they have the right to kill with their words. But then if you respond, okay, so and personally, um, I, I knew the people who had anger problems. I knew who they were that had been very clearly displayed. Um, and in the one case, it freaked me out so bad. I was afraid he was going to take the level beyond words um, because I knew he had a weapon. And when he was confronted with that fact, because I, I was scared of him after that, I mean, and I'm talking screaming, yelling, out of control behavior out of a guy in his 30s. I mean, when I look back, I just am like, that would never happen today. <laughs> but I was a different person then. Um, I had what had been under very different teaching on um, pretty much be the rug was, was, was my mantra at that point. And so when I was afraid of him, he thought that was funny. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed about angry people is the longer you choose to be angry, it leads to, to sadistic spirit, a sadistic spirit oh, yeah. where there's a pleasure in seeing other people be afraid of you, where there's a pleasure in I just freaked them out. And I don't mean in a fun way. You know, right. kids love to hide behind a door and go boo. I mean, I have eight kids. I can't tell you how many times. And they always are like, mom, you should know Caleb and Emmy, mommy, that they giggle. And they're like, mommy, we scared you. And I'm not talking that kind of thing. I'm talking seriously where people freak you out and then they think it's funny. And I think that's why in verse 23, Solomon said, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. If you stay in that angry mindset and you let your mind be pickled by anger, and often anger goes with other things, which is a whole other study. Um, anger goes with a lot of addictions. Um, and we, you know, we could... Uh, we could go down so many trails of symptoms of what leads to that kind of anger. Um, but when, but when you have something that that's, that's that angry and you choose to hang around with them, it, it creates a snare for you. Yeah. It will destroy you. It will suck you in and it will entrap you and snare you and you can't get out. And I, I know someone who has chosen that life and he is ensnared. He yeah. snared his own soul by his choice to be buddies with an angry man. And when you make that choice, Solomon says, you get a snare to your soul. And so this is, again, these are warnings of scripture that God has given us. He's given us what we need so that we can live a godly and peaceable life that's, that's honoring and glorifying to him. But you have to be aware of the people you choose to be friends with. You have to gasp the Lord for discernment. And when when this kind of anger is is exuding from someone, you better choose to walk away from yeah, that person. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. Because it will rub off on you and it will be, it, you, it will cause you to self-destruct. Yeah. And folks, I hate to cut this short, but here we are right up against our time. We sure do love you folks. If there's something we can do to help, make sure you contact us at woundedspirits.com, Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page, or Doug at Wounded Spirits. Hey, we sure do love you folks. May God bless you. Hey, with that smile that only God can give, listen to every word Brother Eric has to say. Have a good day.
Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.